0: this morning. It's good to be together and uh, I'm uh, really privileged to uh, be here with you and spend time in God's good word. And we continue in our study in the book of Acts. The Journal of the Early Church. We're learning so much when it comes to The Apostle Paul now, how he kept on serving the Lord, speaking about Jesus, enduring hardship, exemplifying faith in God, love for Christ. And as we see in previous passages, in this passage and passages to come, each time he was put in chains, he translated that. It wasn't Roman chains that he was bound to. It was chains for Christ. There's another example of how he deemed suffering and how he looked at things, his perspective on his life and what was happening. So, this morning, we're going to look at chapter 10 21 starting in verse 37 through chapter 22 we're not going to finish all of chapter 22 we'll do our best to cover this what is really um, a testimony the main bulk of this is about Paul giving his testimony and take a moment with me right now and think back on the last uh, couple of weeks in our country testimonies given testimonies given in Washington DC and all that went on and uh, it's kind of crazy all the things that went on and what we have here is simply Paul sharing his testimony of how he was saved and for the vast majority of us in here, we've been saved. We say that we're believers. And one of my big points this morning in our time together is that you have a testimony. And obviously it does not match up to the, the Apostle Paul's. Um, I don't know what testimony does match up to the Apostle Paul. It's pretty incredible what happened to him, but... We want to take this with us today and understand that uh, you have a testimony and it's very important. And we want to consider here this morning as our title, Bound to Him by Love's Strong Cord. Take that from one of our hymns, right? Bound to Him eternally by Love's Strong Cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Okay, standing, standing. That's and really, that's been you know uh, kind of one of the themes we want to carry through you know the last couple of weeks and here this morning again. Standing with what God has done in your life. And so, um, if you want to on your outline, you can just jot down this reference because Paul. Specifically, points out in Philippians one twelve through eighteen about the chains that he's under, the bondage that he's under. He he could easily have said, "Well, I'm, I'm in bondage under Rome," but he called it, "I'm I'm in chains for Christ in the gospel's sake." And so we want to see here. We want to understand what I believe is being shown to us how Paul was bound to Christ in this very passage as he deals with anger and attack and all that happened to him. And so we want to see more specifically with these points how exactly Paul was bound to Christ. And so we want to pick it up. Here in in Acts chapter twenty one, with point number one, that Paul was bound by God's loving kindness. He was bound by God's loving kindness. It had already taken place. We read of it in Acts chapter nine, and it's interesting that there are three, at least three, places in the book of Acts where his testimony is given, and it's that's unheard of in in the rest of the scriptures. It's, it but it's so significant. The God, through the Holy Spirit, has Luke record it three different times. Paul's testimony. And why do we say uh, Paul is bound by God's loving kindness? Let's look at this. We're going to back up into what we covered last week in chapter 2. Chapter um, 2. The, the crowd uh, from Asia, you can see in verse uh, chapter 21, verse 27, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him. They're really upset. And then verse 30, Then all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together. They seized Paul, they dragged him out of the temple, and, once, and at once the gates were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him... So, okay, you get the picture. This is a riot on one guy. Okay? Because Paul was preaching what we just sang about grace. He's preaching Jesus and the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And they, you know, here we go. Confusion was going on and it, it was crazy. In verse thirty-one, word came to the Tribune of the cohort um, that all Jerusalem was in confusion, and he at once took soldiers and centurions ran out, uh, ran down to them, and when they saw the Tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. They're beating him. They're trying to kill him. They're they're after his hide. Then the Tribune, the commander, came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. There we go. He's bound with Roman chains already here, right? He inquired who he was and what he had done. And some in the crowd were shouting one thing and some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, can you, you know, a lot of us can understand, especially if you have a lot of kids. Uproar. Ooh, can't understand what's, separate them out, right? Okay. Understand what's going on. Get, get an idea of what's happened. And so he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. For the mob of the people followed, crying out, away with him! And that's the exact thing the Jews were saying about 30 years ago. Or however long it was, crying that out to Jesus. Away with this man, we want... Barabbas. Okay? So, here's how we see that Paul was bound to this mercy of God in his life. He's brought into the barracks. He was misunderstood for being a terrorist. You can see that in verse 38. Are you not the Egyptian then who recently stirred up a revolt, led about 4,000 men of the assassins? These are guys with daggers They were assassins and they got beat by the Romans. They got defeated there. But the Roman commander thought it's this guy. And Paul replied, he said, I'm a Jew. In verse 39, from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. Look at what he says here. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And that's where we see this understand that Paul was bound to the, the, the very loving kindness of God. D- letter A under number one, it's despite their enraged hostility towards him. Despite that enragement that they had. In letter B, despite their attempt on his life, he turns around and says, I beg you, let me speak to these people. So, what you see under, under point number one is he recognized the opportunity. Here's a man who knows the Lord and realizes an opportunity for what? To be uh, verbose? To talk a lot? No, to lift up Christ. To share of the testimony he has. Okay. And so, along with this um, understanding that Paul was bound by God's loving kindness, you can add uh, references of Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The love of God is poured out within his heart. The love of God is poured out. That's the case with Christians. The love of God has been poured out into your hearts, into your lives, to be shared with others. You can also see it in Romans chapter 9 more specifically. Romans chapter 9 verses 1 through 3 says this. Paul's writing to the Romans and he says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ, for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who is that? Israel. The very people that tried to kill him. If you're there in Romans 9, look at Romans 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Okay, so, this whole thing of sharing a testimony is driven by... His understanding of God's loving kindness in his own life, and he wants to pass that along, even to an hostile, angry crowd who have tried to beat him up and kill him. Point number two. You see it in, as we start in on this. Now he's going to be sharing his testimony. Verse forty. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his, hands, or with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. So now what we see in this coming passage, in this portion... Is, Paul is bound by God's saving grace. He is bound by the saving grace of Jesus. Because that's what he's going to share. That's what he's going to proclaim. And he, he now has seized upon the opportunity. He's not just recognized it. Now he's seized upon the opportunity. And here he goes. He's going to speak. And look at how he approaches this. We want to understand, regarding a testimony, you see letter A under number two, the elements of a testimony. How did Paul start it? You can see it. Number one, with a humble attitude, a respectful attitude. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense. He wasn't condescending to them. He's just coming forth saying, Brothers, fathers, hear my defense. My defense means apologia meaning an apologetic and if you're learning and growing in the Christian faith you understand that word that's giving a defense but sometimes we take it and think oh it's got to be radical it's got to be real aggressive and almost you know uh, in your face kind of thing no he's just he's just presenting the reason and the evidence of Jesus in his life it's his story So he starts with a humble, respectful attitude. But look at this also. A second little point under letter A of the elements of a testimony. He chose common ground. He chose common ground. Earlier, at the end of chapter 21, he he was speaking in Greek. And now he goes and he starts speaking in Hebrew or a Hebrew dialect, Aramaic. Oh, And the crowd silences. They got quiet. Why? Because they heard their own language coming from this guy. And notice what he did when he spoke in Aramaic. Verse 3 and 4, he starts by saying, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city What city? Jerusalem. I've been brought up in Jerusalem. Educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as even the high priest and the whole council of the elders can bear me witness. I received letters from them. Okay? So what he's done, he started with common ground, but then he's he's giving um, confirmation, if you will, of his heritage. I'm a Jew. He's confirming his education. Folks, he had top gun school. He had top gun school in Jerusalem. Gamaliel. At, at the time, you couldn't get anyone better than this professor. Okay. see how he's building this he's he's on common ground but he's connecting with them about his jewish heritage and his education and then he confirms his commitment about being zealous let me tell you how i've been zealous i've persecuted this way of these christians and let me tell you on top of that i've taken men and women into prison okay and for us, it's like we kind of figure, oh, it's you know, here we are, um, just uh, understanding it, reading it ourselves, um, and we can say, well, yeah, he's he's given his testimony. He persecuted the Christians, but in their context, in that very situation, is much more intense of a of a situation for them. We can sit back here in, in in our comfort zone, right? We got it pretty pretty easy and say, Yeah, he he was really radical, wasn't he? So and by the way, with in verse five he said, in essence, hey, I'm keeping it real and factual here. Just go ask the high priest and the council of the elders if you want. They gave me papers to go and do this. So, he's giving them testimony about people that can testify of his having done this. But what is the emphasis, letter B? What is the emphasis of the testimony? Listen, in any, in any testimony, there, there has to be a crisis moment. I hope you understand this. A crisis moment when a person is convinced now and Paul shares his crisis moment he's going along you see it there he verse 6 I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me and I fell to the ground I heard a voice saying to me Saul Saul why are you persecuting me not only that but he ended up being blinded temporarily blinded so here's his crisis moment And it's like, here's the the straw that broke the camel's back. okay? And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't because maybe your testimony is one that you grew up in a Christian home, going to church all along, and you didn't really have a crisis moment. How do you have a crisis moment as a four-year-old? But for those of you that were saved at an older age, typically there is a crisis moment. Might have been an accident. It might have been, uh, you know, just a, a, you know, being caught in sin and, and put in jail or something, whatever it is. But that crisis moment led or, or brought about God. Here's God's intervention. God's intervention in the life of Paul. And what was it? Here's listen. Get this. It's divine revelation. For Paul, what was it? It was a bright light. It just wasn't like kind of cool and and it starts happening to the rest of every Christian. Like, did you have the bright light knock you down? (laughs) I didn't. But with that revelation of that bright light was the voice. Whose voice? Whose voice? Jesus. Jesus. Here's the voice coming forth. Saul, Saul. So not only is there a crisis moment and the intervention of God with divine revelation, here's confronted with the risen Lord Jesus. What a moment. Verse 7, look at it in chapter 22. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. He said it twice. So not only is he confronted with the Lord Jesus and the truth of his resurrection, right? This isn't just a a dream. This is happening. He had witnesses there that didn't understand what was being said, but they knew of the light, right? So on top of all this, here comes this question. Why are you persecuting me? What is that? Here's the recognition of conviction of sin. The conviction of sin in his life. Why are you, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Now it's personal, right? (laughs) And at this point, Paul is cornered, right? He is under conviction, and uh, he is being confronted by the living Savior, Jesus. Now, remember, he's sharing this with who? This angry crowd. And by the way, he was not being antagonistic toward them. He wasn't giving digs at them. He wasn't really condescending on them. He could have really laid into them. After all, you know, he he was being threatened of his life. And now he's under protection of the Romans. He could have really, hey, you guys did, you know, this and this and this. And you're wrong in your theology and all that. No, he didn't. He shared his testimony so we have elements of the testimony emphasis of the testimony is about Jesus and what Jesus accomplished his death burial resurrection and here's the the call to Paul and then Paul says to him verse 10 look at it and I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. Okay? So, I want to briefly talk about examples now of a testimony. Examples of a testimony. number or Letter 2C. There's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of testimonies. Right? You can look at the ones in the Bible. There's testimonies given in the Bible. You can study church history and find testimonies of early church fathers. You can, um, especially the Reformation period. Testimonies of whether it's Luther, Calvin, Tyndall, others. There's testimonies of guys like Jonathan Edwards. Early American history. There's testimonies of early Europeans uh, that came to faith in Christ. There's testimonies of the early uh, and mid-1900s. Here's Billy Graham. Various testimonies all over the place. (laughs) Contemporary testimonies. But let's focus on one, okay? Let's just take one. Christian, your testimony. When was the last time you shared your testimony with someone? Your story. What is a testimony? Your story of being saved. You say, well, Woody, you don't understand the week that I just had. (laughs) Okay. Maybe it was a really crazy, crazy week. I'm not talking about just last week. I'm just saying in general, like, when was the last time you shared your testimony of being saved, of pointing to Jesus and telling others? Because that's what I think we are um, recognizing here in this passage. And, And a lot of times we respond with that saying, well, I don't really have much of a testimony. After all, it doesn't come close to Paul's testimony. So what have we just done there? Think, what have you done by saying that? You've compared your testimony to Paul's saying, well, it doesn't match Paul's. Is that is that a good way to approach your story of being saved? I No. Are you really saved? So then ask God to help you Develop that story not to exaggerate it Paul didn't exaggerate, but just to share your story So What's your take on your testimony and some people even say well, I don't have a testimony Well, then you're not saved You don't you know, we got to put these pieces together You're not saved if you don't have a testimony You say, well, I was, yeah, I I was in kindergarten. What do I get there? Tell about it. It involved your mom and dad, maybe. Involved, maybe it was your teacher, your Sunday school teacher. Tell about it. Can God use a little, little mustard seed? Amen. Share it. You have no idea what God will do with it. And that's the idea of being involved in understand. Here's, I, I want to share my testimony. So what is a personal testimony? Story of believers who have been saved. Letter A about how Jesus did the perfect work on the cross as a perfect sacrifice. And letter B, how God's work continues on. See, a testimony isn't just about telling, you know, back in 1930 or whatever year, I got saved. Time out. Your testimony is more than just back in 1930 or 40 or 50 or whatever. Your testimony is also about what Jesus is doing now. Your life is a living testimony. And when it's a living testimony in that way, it's for uh, uh let me s- s- back up a step your life is a living testimony either there's a key word either for god's glory or your glory doesn't mean your testimony is is right on for god's glory your testimony might be all about you i I've had times of in my life in the past where I've shared more about me than about my Savior. Why? Why is that? Honestly, it was easier to talk about me than about my Savior. And what does that say? I should know more about my Savior In that situation, I should know more about Him so that I can share more about my Savior than about my experience. Listen, what you believe, we start there. We've got to start there with this. It's what you believe. That develops character within you, just like with your children. What you believe develops character within you, and that character is what is seen in your Conduct. These are basic kind of things, right? Your conduct really is an expression of your character. What we are gets expressed one way or another. What's coming forth in my conduct? So I ask the question, am I a professing Christian or am I a practicing Christian? It's easy to be a professing Christian. But am I a practicing, possessing Christian? Here's another important question. Is there a clear testimony in my life for Christ? Or is it cloudy and foggy? I think what we are touching on right now is the problem in the church in America today. Number one, I'm guessing, I, don't, I didn't read anything, I'm just kind of processing this in my own mind. Number one is that we're not giving our testimony as much as we ought to give glory to God. And when we do, it tends to be a conglomeration of stuff. And it gets off onto things like, well, you'll have joy. You'll have joy if you just accept Jesus. He'll take care of things. For I might be exaggerating a little, but it's not much of an exaggeration. He'll take care of you if you just put your trust in Him. That's not the gospel. You got that? That's not the gospel. The gospel has got to be more directed to the fact that you're in need. You've got a disease. The sin disease. And there's no remedy for it except for Jesus. And all the riches that come forth, all the blessings that come forth... Do we know them? Are we learning of them? Are we rejoicing in that? that? And so a lot of times we're not rejoicing in the right stuff. In the right things. That He has blessed us with. So my challenge is I want to have a clear testimony of Christ and His glory. And all that He's done and all that He is doing. Because He's not done working. He hasn't taken a break from you. I love that. But how often I think that, oh, God's not working in my life or something. It's all because I'm not responding to him in faith. I'm going with doubt or, or skepticism or whatever. I need to respond to him walking by faith. You know, the most, listen, the most important relationship in your life is that with Jesus. Jesus. There's nothing more important than that. And let me add these things. Going to church is good, but that doesn't make you a Christian. Um, Reading your Bible, very, very important, but that doesn't make me a Christian. Uh, Giving at church is, is great, helpful. That doesn't make you a Christian. And even telling others about Christ and the gospel... Won't make you a Christian. It's calling on the name of the Lord and walking with Him and recognizing my problem has been sin. I repent and believe. Repentance and faith. And walking then with Him. Learning about what it means to love Him and obey Him. Do you know what it means to be in God's will? He wants people to be saved. That's His will. If you're saved, you're in His will. You know, it, And it's more than that. It's also along the lines of, are you being sanctified? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. Being involved in serving the Lord. That's His will for your life. You're saved unto good works. Not by... But you're saved unto good works. Ephesians chapter 2. So, this is an important thing for us. So, what's the example of a testimony? Yours. I want to encourage us. You know, ask God to help you to share it with someone this week, right? Not just have a go, go in, oh, that was a great challenge, Pastor Woody. No, take it. Do something with it. Share your testimony. (laughs) Point number three in the outline. He's bound also to God's will. God's will. It's His protection and His leading. That's being in God's will. You see this in chapter 22, uh, starting at verse 22. After this uh, word, they listened to Him. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks, flinging dust up in the air. Okay, so they're still, you know, they're really ticked. They're really mad. They want to kill him. Okay. Letter A is that he's kept from a Jewish lynching again. And this is what God just said. He, he, he gave it in his testimony verse 21. Look at verse 21. What does he say there? And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. That's God saying, I will send you to the Gentiles. This is God talking, not um, you know one of the other apostles. God saying, go, I'll send you to the Gentiles. And at that term, to the Gentiles, the Jews got all crazed about it. That's why they said, no more. We're not going to listen to this guy anymore. He's he's gone way too far. We're not going to deal with the Gentiles. We had nothing to do with them. But now again, uh, he has the Roman, in verse 24, look at verse 24, the tribune, the commander, ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined. Okay, so... There's a, there's a confusion again. And it's like, maybe they, maybe the Roman commander didn't understand the Hebrew that he was speaking in. So, here's the crowd's reaction. And now the Roman commander says, get in here. We're going to examine you. You know how they examined him? Just like they did with Jesus. They, scur- they were going to scourge him. They had strapped him. Now he's, listen, now he's bound again. He's bound again, and they're going to scourge him. But Paul didn't scream and fight and go, Oh, no, don't do that. He didn't do that. He waited. He waited. He, he didn't say much. Again, kind of like his, his Savior, Jesus, right? Right? Look at verse 25. They, they stretched him out for the whips. Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, So, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? Boom, here's my card. Thank you very much. Right? The guy looks at it and says, And he steps, it's like they're now and they are in trouble if they do anything more. And the guy right there says, I bought my citizenship, which was underhanded. You weren't supposed to be able to do that. He bought his citizenship and recognizes this guy. He said, I was born with a Roman citizenship, Paul's parents. So wasn't that a great plan by Paul to be born that way? Here's God's will being accomplished in his life. Because God's got a sovereign plan going for Paul. Where's Paul headed? To the far away, to the Gentiles. And eventually to Rome. And he's going to share the gospel there. Aren't you glad that Paul didn't... Carry on in his testimony, in his ministry life, with testimonies about. Um, let me tell you about um, the angle of that light. Let me tell you about the the brightness factor of that light. I studied that. Isn't that amazing? No, he didn't focus on those things. He focused on his Savior. He zeroed in on Jesus. So he was bound to God's sovereign will. He kept. Uh, Kept from a lynching and kept from the Roman uh, examination of scourging, just like with Jesus. Point number four, now what? Please stay with me. We said Paul was bound to these things, to his loving kindness, to saving grace and to sovereign will, right? Paul was bound to those things. So, point number four, what are you bound to? What are you bound to in your life? Now, there's uh, listen, there's obviously responsibilities that we are to keep and do and be a part of, right? I'm not talking about bailing on all responsibilities. Be responsible. But what are you bound to? Are you bound to fear when it comes to sharing your testimony? Yeah? Are you bound to fear of others' opinions? Are you bound to fear of failure? I just can't do it. I I stick my foot in my mouth, blah, 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 all that. All those things. What are you bound to? And maybe for some of us older folks, maybe we're just bound to apathy and indifference. (laughs) I already did my ministry time. And maybe you younger people, are you bound to worldliness, carnality? What are you bound to? Well, under number four, letter B, pray for opportunities. Just genuinely pray. God, please give me opportunity today, this week, sometime to share my testimony, my story of being saved and pointing to Jesus and then along with praying for opportunities make much of Jesus in it make much of just talk over in your own mind on your with yourself talk about write it out make much of Jesus in your story and again, if you were saved at a very young age, um, is God working in your life today? You know, lately and today, it, 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 does He continue working in your life? Well, think that through and give Him glory. Talk about it. Magnify the Lord in your life, right? And then, last one under letter B: Be ready. <laughs> be ready. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared, always being ready to make a apologia, a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I don't know if it's in your notes, but also jot down Revelation 12, verse 11. Revelation 12, verse 11, which says, And they... Believers have conquered Him, conquered the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of the Lamb, forgiveness and redemption, atonement. They conquered by the blood of the Lamb. And what else? You know what else? And the word of their testimony. You can overcome the accuser with the fact that you are redeemed and the truth of the the word of your testimony so Christian, what kind of witness are you? John 15, 26 and 27 says this, but when the, listen, when the Holy Spirit, the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me, Jesus. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You've received a witness from the Lord. Okay, it's, Here's the Holy Spirit residing in the life of the believer. He will bear witness about me. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to point you to Christ. So think of how to start. By getting some common ground with your friend, your relative, your neighbor, your spouse, whoever it is. Get some common ground. Share about the old you who is dead in sins, facing God's eventual judgment and in big need of a rescue. And share about the one who came to rescue you. Lift him up in your testimony. How he convicted you of sin. How he pointed you to life everlasting and has given life everlasting through faith in him. There's justification in his name. Uh, Romans chapter 5. We're justified by faith in Christ. May that be our testimony. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself. We beg you, be reconciled to God. If you're here this morning you did not And have not come to faith in Christ. We beg you. Be reconciled to God. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Christian. Let's ask God to use us. Let's ask him to help us in sharing our testimony. And pointing people to the gospel. Are you rejoicing in your salvation? Are you living for Him? Wanting to learn to love Him more and grow in that more? Or are you just kind of doing the, doing the normal exercises, the normal routine? Let's ask the Lord to help us in these ways. To shine as lights in a dark community. Okay. We're going to go to our communion time. I'd like the men who are serving to come at this point. And uh, as you're there in your, in your pew, please be preparing your heart to receive the elements.